Welcome aboard the Celestial Station. I'm your co-captain, Ryan Kennedy. And I'm your other co-captain, Matthew Makar. This is our Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast. Uh, yeah, we watched, we watched Star Trek. all about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. What yeah, else yeah. is there to say, Ryan? And nothing I mean, really. It's a show I've never watched yeah. before, and it's a show that Matt has watched once or twice, Plenty maybe. <laughs> this is this this may be my third time through the series, maybe fourth time. It's a pretty hefty series, uh, too. My, yeah. Also, it's my third time watching this episode, and twice of which have been in the last two weeks because I watched it last week. <laughs> the oh, other yeah. Episode. With that fiasco. <laughs> yeah, that was You're a lucky, lucky awful. man. I am a lucky man. Had to watch this great episode twice. Nothing more that I can do, ask, you know. Just, it's an excellent Star Trek episode from start to finish. Yeah, but, I mean, right. I think it's the pinnacle of the whole entire franchise that it, it can all oh, absolutely. hope to absolutely. be. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad absolutely. it just starts out so strong. But sadly, everything is going to just be nowhere it's near as good. all downhill from here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's all downhill. There's nothing <sighs> can get better than this. But Ryan, <laughs> yes, but Ryan, listen. yes, yes, Matt. Fun story. So I went on a date the other day, right? Yes. This, uh, this very cute girl who's a PhD student in linguistics. Well, I'm not really too familiar with linguistics at all. Uh, so I was trying to find some conversation for us about ask, trying to ask her, you know, a little bit more about what she was doing and her master's program and, and, you know, for her master's thesis and everything like that before she starts the PhD program in full fledged. Well, we were talking about Star Trek because obviously it's one of the only things that I can talk about endlessly at this point. At you, this point, I can, yeah. Specifically, I can a man above, because it's your whole days. entire life now. It really is. It's becoming my everyday personality, is just <laughs> talking Star Trek to people. So, what did I do on this date? I talked to her about Star Trek for the first about 30 minutes of the date. And what in particular, you may ask? Klingon. How sexy Garrick is. Oh, no, no. Talked about Klingon. We were talking about the the grammatical structure and then in the, and the uh, pronunciations and how it's a guttural language. So, oh man, fucking do you know it. how to speak Klingon? <laughs> I know a couple of words, so I know kapla, kapla, and patak, you and could, those are you could do any sound, it. and I would believe you. Like, yep, yeah, that's Klingon. Bogoyan. Yeah. So I've been trying to actually look up some more of their language and syntax. It's pretty interesting. Uh, apparently the guy who created the language for the show just it, it actually researched a lot about linguistics and he took a bunch of aspects oh, of cool. real languages that are very uncommon. So all the very uh, uncommon syntax and grammatical like grammar and uh, pronunciation, basically everything that is rare in terms of earth languages and threw them all into one language to make it sound really fucking alien so nice cool it's, a, it's a good yeah. way to do it i guess yeah but anyway so was was you flirting with this girl anywhere near as smooth and s- styling as julian was to sea slug lady who i still have not learned her name yet <laughs> listen I don't think anybody can ever be as smooth as Julian, the doctor. Doctor, my doctor. He laid, 
he lays it on very thick. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he is not giving you a light drizzle. He is giving you a straight up, you know, soak. He's letting you. He's a letting you baste. He's basting you <laughs> in the Julian juices, and he just wants you to absorb as much as you can, as uh, much as you can, dear effect. listener. <laughs> exactly. Mm, yeah. Man, I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever Julian seen anyone beast. as thirsty as Julian is in this scene. Oh, absolutely not. No. But I think you know, we should. I, mean, I think we should get into the get into the episode before we start talking about Julian. So uh, today, I mean, I mean, that's the start of the have, episode. I mean, that's a good good yeah, place to start. Yeah, it is true. It is a good place to start. Yeah. So today's episode is episode three, A Man Alone. Shit! And... I watched a completely different episode again. Oh man! Oh, fuck! <laughs> fuck! We did it again. Shut down the podcast. It's over. <laughs> Just we, end we, it just start, we just start doing like I'll watch one episode, you watch an episode of, like ahead of it, and then we'll just talk at the same time and, and see what happens. Like yeah. left ear, right ear. You talking like about it. episode four, me talking about episode three. Perfect. I mean, it would be great for multitaskers because then they can just get two episodes for the price of one. Yeah, and like someone right? that just took yeah. copious amounts of Adderall and is just oh, losing yeah. his goddamn mind. <laughs> what better way than to listen to us talk about Star Trek for you know 45 minutes I feel like it would be very two different podcast experience <laughs> just hearing me talking about it and you talking about it oh absolutely so, so yeah so so then that then Julie wanted to fuck someone am I right <laughs> and I'd be over here talking about how cool Klingon is yeah yeah it'd be a, a stark comparison Odo did a funny thing in this part. Oh, wacky Odo. <laughs> Fucking T-1000 Odo over here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah so, so start out. This. Man above. Yeah, man uh, above. Sea, sea or man alone. Lady. Yeah, man, yeah, man yeah, alone, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um. So Sea Slug Lady is doing a, a puzzle, which is just a giant sphere that she's mm-hmm. like looking at, and Jillian comes in and tries to get a piece of that the whole entire time. Um, yeah, down, that was great. <laughs> laying down all of his trusty pickup lines like, you free? You up? What do you want for dinner? Yeah, I like how when, first off, when he enters the room and she's sitting there doing her concentration meditation pose for this fucking ball that is yeah. just a rainbow ball, uh, she recognizes him by his footsteps and it's just, oh, yeah. hey, Julian, it's you. Well, how many times does he okay, like sneak okay, up on Jedi her from slug. behind, like walking yeah. in? <laughs> right. This is this does is she fucking recognizes Lord... his footsteps. Yeah, we have we have Jedi Slug Jadzia, who is playing with her Altonian brain teaser, and she's just trying to refuse any of. She's basically a Jedi Master blocking laser bolts from Julian's yeah. dick gun. You know. <laughs> Is what this scene is. Blindfolded. Is just, just blindfolded. Just yeah. All instinct. All instinct. She is just shutting Julian's him down on so many don't different make any levels. Contact. <laughs> it's so good. And, you know, all he really wants is dinner. And Jadzia, you know, shoots him down. And then she gets kind of a, a, a bro moment from Cisco, who walks in and invites only Jadzia to dinner that night. And so oh, yeah. poor poor Julian is the man alone. 
end episode. That's it. That's all that happens. That's it. He's That's alone. All, all <laughs> we needed. He tries to do the puzzle that took her 140 yeah. years to do, and she still doesn't beat it. He's like, Nah, I, I can get this. I can, I can live for 140 years to do this goddamn puzzle. Yeah. And he, all he can think about is getting in Jadzia's pants and fails miserably at the game. Yeah. Yeah. I so feel then, like, I mean, he's he's very clearly focusing on that one thing, so I feel like that should win the puzzle for him. Because, oh, yeah. Because, you know, you gotta, you gotta focus on one thing, and he's very dedicated to just Yeah, he's, he's very concentrated on his boner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Must maintain... No, actually, he's very concentrated <laughs> on not getting a boner, because he doesn't want to make things awkward. Oh, uh, yeah. So, because we have I feel all like been there, Those gentlemen. would be very visible, especially in those, those tight... Pajamas they all wear. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, have can't, you ever worn, really a pass pair, that off. worn a onesie? I mean, if you've ever worn a onesie, when I when I tried man. to pick up a, a, a person, yes, yes, I've oh, tried. Absolutely. I, yeah, that's my that's my go to outfit. Yeah, so onesie wearers out there definitely understand the risk that you take in, in wearing a onesie. Your, your junk is just out there for the world to see. They got to you know, keep for that good or for nice bad. And calm. Exactly. Don't be grinding on my hog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Dax and Cisco end up going to Quirk's bar, and they are sitting down across from one another, talking. Uh, oh no, wait. Sorry. First, there was something else that happened right before this that we need to set the scene. So it cuts to death. It's a Quirk's bar, and Odo and Quirk are there chilling, talking to one another about you know, sex and bro shit because they're the biggest bros in, in the galaxy. Even though and... Odo's the 40-year-old virgin, which we find out later. Exactly. That's exactly what I was getting to is in this part. <laughs> fucking Quirk just shits on Odo for being a virgin. It's like, like, oh, man. You're, you're a virgin? You never wanted to try getting with anybody? <laughs> oh, Jesus, Andy. You need to get down with that, man. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, like, nah, it's, it's not that I haven't, it's just that I choose not to, because, like, relationships are stupid, am I right? <laughs> yeah, Odo has the worst view of relationships I've ever heard. I know, he, he's just, uh, they're, they're just too controlling, yeah, I don't want to get into yeah. that situation. And <laughs> you never get whatever. to do what you want to do. And Odo, what do you fucking do all day? <laughs> you walk around and police the station. You know, I mean, it's not like you have any hobbies. You're not going out and playing golf or hanging out with anybody. You have no friends, you know? He just wants to listen to that earth jazz, you know? Oh, absolutely. He just want to listen to that Klingon opera. I mean, everybody does love Klingon opera. That's true. Especially, yeah, yeah, especially myself. Uh, I can't get enough of it. But let's get to the important part of this uh, scene, which is... We have Dax and Cisco, and they're chilling, talking to one another, catching up because they're trying to get their relationship squared away, right? You know, this episode yeah. is a lot about relationships. It's Quark and Odo's relationship, Odo's relationship with Starfleet, and you know everybody's relationship with one another. And Dax and, and Cisco have a one of the key relationships here because Dax knew. Cisco as Curzon Dex, who was a mentor to Cisco. So yeah. Cisco is really uncomfortable 
with Dax still, you know, hasn't really figured mm-hmm. her out and, and how to adjust to this new person that, you know, he's shared memories with, but she's still different. Uh, and I think this is a funny scene because A, Benji is just awful at personal relationships. I mean, he yeah. he is the just worst. dropping the ball here. And secondly, because he makes probably one of the worst jokes I've ever heard in my life. And it was just so unbelievably <laughs> awkward. The entire the entire joke, I'm just watching and am baffled as to why he thought that was a good joke. I he mean, wasn't programmed for humor, so you gotta cut him some slack. No, no. He makes he's he's sitting there <laughs> Oh Dexa, uh, you know, those uh what are those things called? Let me let me see here. I have it written down. Oh, steamed Osna. And she, Dax is like, oh yeah, Benjamin, you know that Steam Dosna could add some years to your life. Dax, I don't want years to my life if it means I've got to eat only steamed Asna. And then there's this pause. Fricassee, the fried, oh, <laughs> steamed. And I, <laughs> joke, joke delivered, 100%. Uh. What's the deal with steamed asthma? Oh God! Thank the thank the prophets that this scene was interrupted immediately after this uh, by Cisco, or not by Cisco, but by Keiko and O'Brien, and their arguing leads way into another type of arguing. Said, so, yeah, their their conversation broken up by somebody by Odo. I like when you that dude there. In the, like in you the, like cut out for a second in the bar, and he's looking at him. And he just he's he's just like nah, fuck this shit, man. This guy can't nope. be in my bar. We ain't doing this. We ain't doing Odo, this. This is Odo Town. Odo Town. So uh, so yeah, Odo Odo fucking rushes in and just grabs this dude and and, and says he's got a he's got twenty six hours to get off the station. Yeah, which is a very like weird time frame for him to get out like not 24 hours like no i'm gonna give him an extra two hours you know pack up his stuff i know he brought a lot this is a very hard space station to get out of i understand 26 hours that's a that's a good amount for this man to get out of here that i never want to see again this is urgent exactly so 26 fucking hours i mean shit (laughs) what the what the fuck odo i mean first off he he goes over there to this guy and you know, he could have handled this situation so much better, and I feel as somebody who is the head of security on the station, he has been in a situation before where he's needed to kick someone out. And what does he what does he do? Yeah. He rushes in and just manhandles the guy and starts slamming him down on tabletops and fucking Odo, just tell the guy that he has to leave or else you'll get your boys and you'll make him leave forcibly. Like, you know, don't straight use force first. Jesus, man. Yeah. He's very dramatic in this scene, which is very strange considering he's kind of the opposite of that through the whole entire show yeah. so far. So it's just very jarring and out of character for them just to go, okay, I'm going to fuck this guy up. I guess right they kind of had a set. Let's, let's go. And they had to set this, uh, set the tent, uh, the, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? They had a, uh, I guess they had to get the set the set the the level set the set the, set the scene. What the oh goodness here! Uh, it's gonna be a long night if I can't get 
the groundwork. Can't get my vocab down. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> they're trying to to set the stakes. It's, they're trying to show the stakes, right? You know, they're trying to raise raise the bar a little yes. bit here to show that this guy. Yeah, Odo not cares. only Odo cares, but apparently man. there's something more here that we don't know that's causing him to react like this. Yeah. So they kind of raise the bar with this scene, I think. And so they they cut scene from there to O'Brien and Keiko, who are having a marital dispute. And I think it's it's pretty yes. hilarious to me. I don't know. So... What did you think of the Keiko O'Brien storyline? Because I know it's just completely fucking stupid for the most part. But... Yeah, so basically what this whole storyline is, is that Keiko does not want their child to um, be raised on the space station. And her and O'Brien cannot compromise about what they want to do, like if they want to stay there, stuff like that. So basically she gets it in her mind that they should start a school um, for, like, the 12 kids that are on the space station. Um, And that's pretty much all it is. Like, it's very low stakes um, stuff. It's just kind of setting up, I guess, for later storylines, I guess, maybe. I have no idea if this is going to pan out at all whatsoever. But um, just spends a lot of time of her trying to get kids to come down that are, like... And all these kids are completely like different ages like i don't understand how she's gonna run a school like towards the end like so jake is like i don't know like 13 14 this kid comes in who's like fucking eight years old and i'm like how like what are you teaching that they are on the same level like because they make a good point that you know everyone's from like different like planets and like systems like different races so it's gonna like or not races species yeah so it's gonna be hard to like teach them all singularly so how are you going to do this especially with the age gap as well like it seems like it's going to be a very yeah very poor and then school. Like, she doesn't even I have feel... teaching experience right so so on top of yeah, it, yeah she's never taught before she's been a botanist for years yeah 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 oh. which i i love my favorite um part like little tidbit uh fun fact is that um i recognize the woman who plays keiko immediately as the principal from the oc oh, okay. um, that she was like in for like three episodes so i guess she's just been typecast as a uh, some kind of school um yeah. teacher or in the <laughs> school in, institution in the public school system for for thousands of years yeah <laughs> she worked her her ways up from uh teacher to yeah principal, she went back I guess. in time and, and to earth but yeah. she made that principal she got it she got her administrator papers together uh, and she did it. She moved up into yeah. a position of authority in Orange and, County, and, and, yeah, and, and yeah, in a very good school district. So, wow, impressive, Keiko. Good Congrats. work. So, I guess yeah, it works out work. for her. So we know how that. Yeah. Whole so we work know. Goes so then, so now we don't have to talk about it at all for the rest of this. And it's yeah. going to be great. But the, the last thing I will mention about <laughs> okay. this is was my favorite scene with her. Like, um, she's talking to Jake after he has been um hanging out with um Nog. I can't remember the kid's name. No, he's like Nog, the Nog, same not Nob? No, it's Nog. Nob? Nog. Nog. Okay. Yeah, N O G. He's hanging out with Eggnog. <laughs> yeah, he's hanging out with Eggnog. <laughs> and uh they're like Yeah, him and Eggnog are having some fun. I'm giving colored crabs to people, apparently. Oh, I love and then, that. And so she, she's like, she's like talking to him and going like, um, like, and Jake goes, "There's no one my age around here that I can hang out with." And she's, she's like, "No, you know that's not true." There's a how she says it. 
Uh, I wrote, there's there's kids from ages all through eight to tw- uh, sixteen around you. Like, why why would Jake want to hang out with like kids that are eight years old or like nine years old? Like when he's like 13, 14 years old. Like, yeah. especially why would you frame it that way? Is kids of ages all through. So I think that she's also a robot, like Robo Benji. Yeah, and she that's could why definitely she doesn't be. understand this. Oh, she could definitely be another robot. I mean, we get some we get some fun stuff with Keiko later on, and she gets better. But definitely during this whole episode, her just running around trying to get people to come to the school is just so annoying. And it really takes away from the CSI Deep Space Nine episode that this yeah. turns into. And Yeah, I don't understand why they decided <laughs> to put these two storylines together at all. Yeah, it's so annoying and you know it's like just hey, there's like a grisly match. murder and also schools being built? Maybe yeah, school? <laughs> Maybe? School? You wanna come to the murder school? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Well the last point that I'll say about Keiko and O'Brien's storyline and the school storyline is Something that I just giggled at very, I mean, it was absolutely hilarious for somebody who's watched all of Star Trek is during their first fight, Keiko and and Chief O'Brien, they, uh, where is it here? So Keiko says, nobody needs a botanist. And I just, Miles, I just want to feel like I'm useful. And I lost it at this. I was fucking dying because O'Brien just takes a moment and looks down across the promenade and all I think of is that during this moment O'Brien is thinking to himself bitch you just want to be useful I spent nine fucking years or seven fucking years on the on the uh on the enterprise being a glorified elevator man and you want to feel useful. <laughs> yeah, like that's a, that's also a good point. Like, so clearly they've been married for a while. They have a kid that shows up that's like maybe like four or five years old. So yeah. obviously she was around while he was on the Enterprise. So wouldn't they also be in space, like in a smaller space station? So like, wouldn't she be used to this whole thing by now? Yeah, exactly. It seems like a very weird time it for is. this it's, to come about. It's just the writers, I think, fucked that up because you're absolutely right. I mean, they're on a spaceship, which is, I would, I would like to imagine, is much smaller. Well, we know it's much smaller than because the Enterprise docked there in the first episode, so it's yeah. much smaller. You know, it's there's no planets around a ship unless you're traveling. You know, unless you're in orbit around one. But you're on a space station that is near a planet that is very nice, and you mean to tell me that you feel trapped or isolated, and you don't like this station, it's not a good place to raise a child, but a starship that gets captured by the Borg and is constantly under threat of attack is a better place to raise your child. Keiko, there is some fucking counseling that you need to go to, obviously. I think I think she's lost the plot a little bit. Absolutely. But let's get to the plot that matters, which is the A storyline. I I feel like that's using that term a little loosely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say this matters anyway whatsoever as well. Okay. I mean I like it. Has more stakes it, it's, kind yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> it has it has a it's more entertaining, that's for sure. You know. 
remotely. Okay, remotely. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so after Odo kicks this fucker out of the bar and tells him that he has 26 hours to get out of town, it actually goes back to Odo and Cisco talking in Odo's uh, command station or in his office, and Odo is talking about how this guy Ibadan is a he's a bad Bajoran. He's a child killer. He's a Cardassian killer. He ran an illegal black market trade during the occupation. And eventually, Odo sent him to jail for the murder of the Cardassian uh, that he killed, obviously. And and so, you know, he wants him off the station because he knows this this guy's just a piece of shit. And yeah. what is what does Cisco do? Nothing. Yeah. He, he goes, he literally says, it's not like he's done anything wrong. It's like, dude, my main man, Cisco, he literally just said to you that he murdered someone. Yeah. And like and... went to prison for it. Like, I feel like that's as good as a reason to get him off your ship. But I feel like since Robo Benji was programmed with that of a serial killer, I feel like he's like kind of in this Bajoran's court a little bit at this point. So he's like, I mean... He hasn't done anything really bad. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Killer, hey, aren't we all? Aren't we all yeah. just a little bit inside? Just, I mean, don't we all just want to strangle anyone we see? Just just a little bit? Just a little yeah. bit, Odo? <laughs> I would have liked to have seen, uh, uh, you know, just Cisco look at Odo and be like, Odo, you mean to tell me you've never wanted to just... Wrap your hands around somebody's neck and squeeze. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Help me! Uh, Help me! Anyway, this scene ends in, you know, Cisco saying, well, you know, how do you get out of jail in the first place? Well, turns out that after the occupation, killing Cardassians wasn't too big of a deal. So since they're, you know, the, the station is mostly Bajorans, he really can't do anything about it. And so Odo says, well, law changes, but justice is justice. And he fucking waddles on out of there like puts John on his, fucking Wayne. Puts on his puts cowboy on his hat. cowboy hat, yep. Yep. And he just, and he he's basically says that he's about to do some vigilante justice. And it's going to be a one-man army. Exactly. And I got excited because I thought, you know, maybe we'll see some, some Odo taking taking the law into his own hands. But what do we get? We get uh, a scene that was a little bit confusing at first, or a little bit misleading. We have Ibudan chilling in the holodeck, right? And yeah. he's getting he's getting a massage, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's getting rubbed down. And the scene fills the quota of at least one softcore porno scene in every episode of Star Trek that oh, I've noticed. Yeah. Like, they need at least one. Like, last episode was, like, heavy with it, just because Garrick is just naturally, like, exudes sex, so... Oh, yeah. They just had... They had scenes left and right, but, um... So for this one, they just had to put that one nice and early so we could enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we have this... We have this alien woman massaging this guy, and her hands are just webbed hands. And I don't know if that makes the massage any better but then she starts kissing his back and yeah what it's a very strange massage yeah and so 
at this point, I'm thinking penetration is going to take place next. And there is some deep penetration that there happens. There was some penetration, but it was <laughs> not the kind that I was hoping for. Instead of instead of a little uh, instead of a little P and V action, we got a little bit of knife into back action. Not not the penetration I wanted, but the penetration yeah. I needed. The penetration we deserved. <laughs> the penetration that we deserved. <laughs> <laughs> It's not always the penetration you want or can hope for. It's just, yeah. it's just the one that's perfect for you. Exactly. And so we get that. And that's OJ your first lesson, kids. That's your first <laughs> at our, lesson, At kids. our school. Yeah. The difference between good and bad penetration. <laughs> Tell your parents. <laughs> Tell your parents that if you go playing around with webbed hand women, you're going to get murdered. You're okay? going to get stabbed. You know what's going to happen if you have sex? You're going to die. <laughs> and that's why I've never had sex. And neither has life. Odo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in good company. <laughs> You're in great company. So, we get this dude penetrated with some knife action. And turns out that uh, it was it was Ibadan. Oh no. The, the asshole who murdered, you know, people and was a huge douche is dead. We should we should feel yeah. something. And nah, nah, son. No one fucking cares. But yeah, they're like whatever. I mean, I guess we'll investigate this. Yeah, I mean, they gotta investigate it. They gotta do their job. And so, yeah, I didn't realize at first that he was in the hollow deck. Um, I thought it was just some like weird room. So once they like went to like exhuming his body. I thought they had, like, moved his body perfectly to another room <laughs> to investigate it. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I guess you would get that sense if... Yeah, especially because I figured that at least he would be, like, sitting on a table, considering he was laying down on something in the hollow room. So, like, it was just, like, very jarring for me at that point. I was like, did they move his body? But uh, Julian, after just getting done with his uh his puzzle um, training, was able to deduce that the knife was the thing that killed him, which is oh, uh, yeah. great, great work, Julian. Oh, it was great. I mean, my favorite part about this is now that we have the, the murder has taken place, get ready for CSI Deep Space Nine. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. And we have Odo. Or this could even be, you know, I, I feel like, all right, so if we're going to assign this to be the CSI Deep Space Nine episode, Odo is for sure going to be the, the bald cop, and then Kira is the woman cop, and um, I'm gonna Cisco... go. On a, I'm just going to say it right now. I don't fucking know anything about CSI whatsoever. <laughs> I've never watched a single second of that show, wait, so no, wait, all of wait, this wait. is going to be completely lost on me. No, no, no. You know what I would? You know what? Fuck it. Cut out all that shit about Deep Space Nine CSI. This is better than that. This is this is Law and Order Deep Space Nine. Yeah, produced by. Dick Wolf. By Dick Wolf. This is this is <laughs> Deep Space or this is Law and Order Deep Space Investigation Unit. Holodeck These Murder. Guys are gonna get... Holodeck Murder yeah. Unit. Holodeck Murder Unit. <laughs> <laughs> Starring the T one thousand. 
<laughs> starring Sl- the forty-year-old virgin. Starring, oh, no. starring Slug Lady. Will we learn her name? Probably not. Co-starring <laughs> sex addicted, a doctor. Julian. <laughs> sex addicted doctors. And everybody's favorite lovable killer robot, Benji. Robo Benji. <laughs> and the true star. Of, and the true star of the show, the botanist. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> Will she get her school? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> so someone else. For some else reason, will... we're focusing on a school with this horrible rape and murder that just happened. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know that. Uh, well, to get back to the story, <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Law and Order Deep Space Nine edition gets underway by Odo talking about the facts of the case. So they know the door was opened only twice. And sensors show that the first was when Ibudan entered, and the second, after we have logically deduced it, is that when the killer left. Because it didn't open three times, the killer didn't enter, and then leave. The killer was in the room the whole time. The whole time. And so, then the next part of evidence is we gotta, we gotta check out who was visiting the ship. Or the, visiting the station. So they run down a list of ships that have come and gone, and they decide to track them down and to investigate more about, you know, who was coming in and into the station and leaving the station during this time period and the weeks prior as well to see if maybe, you know, something from Ibidon's past life caught up to him. And, well, uh, the other thing that they do is they send... Uh, they want to do a, a scan for DNA and, and stuff like that. You know, they want to they want to find the the little pieces of semen that always get left around at murder sites. Yeah, I mean, the dude yeah. definitely came at some point, so oh yeah, can probably find out some semen from the killer as well because he was probably getting Randy in that scene. Yeah, because I imagine that that woman, I, I imagine he didn't deactivate the program. He just killed the dude. The holodeck program was still chilling around with her webbed hands and the killer was you it's know, like well you get probably, you get what you pay for so let's go yeah yeah let's he finish probably, this up yeah he probably wanted to just finish things you know off he had he had another knife to bury if you catch my drift <laughs> sadly not as not as deep in the penetration no probably not but still good doesn't matter Anyway, doesn't doesn't matter had sex. <laughs> it doesn't matter had sex. Does it, does it count as sex if it's with a hologram? I don't think it does. Mm. I don't know. It's it's weird to me. It'd be it's like jacking off. I mean, I mean, because because you're feeling it during the hologram. Like that guy was clearly feeling the massage. So yeah, if you that's... go by that logic, okay. So it would be sex, but. Just very sad sex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be absolutely honest, though, if holodecks existed, God knows that I'd be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be Every single time. room would be a holodeck. <laughs> um, I would I'm like. Hor- Matt, where is your goddamn bathroom? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. I don't every have one. I replaced, I replaced my every room in my house with a holodeck. 
<laughs> Matt, you live in one giant holodeck? Yeah. It's <laughs> great. It's a little confusing best... sometimes, going to room to room. Yeah, best decision of my life. Anyway, cut to cut to the next uh, Law and Order scene, and we have Julian in the medical bay saying that there was no DNA in the hollow suite. So there goes there goes our entire rant about him having sex. Yeah, I'm. Well, he could shoot blanks. He, he could. Can't he could rule that out. Can't rule that out. But the only DNA present was Ibudan's, and at this point, they've. Odo and the the whole team has come to the conclusion that the only way that the killer could have gotten into the room, into the holodeck, now get this, listen closely, is if he were a shapeshifter that could squeeze through the cracks in the door. Very convenient. Very, very convenient. Virgin shapeshifter we have in our midst. Yeah, so now the virgin shapeshifter not only has admitted to being a virgin, but also has made himself the prime suspect in this murder by claiming that he is the only one who could have gotten into this room to murder yeah. this man. This whole this whole episode, Odo is the fucking worst person in the world to like make his case that he is innocent. <laughs> like the whole time. Like even when like Cisco basically is like, Alright, turn in your badge and gun but I think you're still innocent. Oda just goes like, am I? Am I still innocent? I've killed countless people. So you don't know. You yeah. don't know who I killed. You don't you have know no me. way of knowing. You don't know <laughs> who like, I am. Dude, just stop talking for like two seconds. You keep digging this hole for yourself more and more. Oh my <laughs> God, no it's reason. great. It's great. I love it. Oda just does not know when to fuck up. But... Yeah. To to his uh, you know, to his side runs Major Kira, who defends him on m- numerous occasions that we'll get to. But before we jump ahead too far, I think it's important that we talk about the very next part in their investigation, which is Odo's alibi, and turns out Odo was in his little pail regenerating the whole entire time so it couldn't have been him yeah yeah so he was safe but still some people have their suspicions about him yeah plus like conflict of interest yeah so they wanted him like kind of out there yeah yeah so odo ends up you know while he's still in charge of the investigation he ends up going down to ibadan's room to check it out and finds out that ibadan wanted a, a two-bedroom place because he's bougie as fuck and you know he needed yeah. the extra space and he asked the guy who was on the freighter who brought him there and says did Ibadan travel with anybody the guy says no he was by himself i guess he just wanted the extra space which he's one of those bunk beds yeah he wanted the bunk beds and so you know obviously odo thinks that's a little bit suspicious so he decides to get julian to scan the room for DNA. And he especially wants him to scan that second bed for DNA to see if to see if it was yeah. somebody else that was staying there with Ibadan. And we get an amazing scene with Julian just fucking walking around the room flashing a strobe light at random shit. 
<laughs> Julian came ready to party, and he's gonna do so in this room. He's like, "Oh no, you want me to scan that bed, huh?" And he brings out the showplate. Yeah, like this is not this is not what I called you in here for, for Julian. <laughs> So, you know, he's just walking around the room, scanning shit with the strobe light, and he gets over to what we later find out is the matter or air reclamation unit, I forget, something like that. It's a reclamation unit of some sort. And he's scanning it, and it looks like he finds something. So he pulls out this long tube that is a basically a devil, like a dirt devil. It's a fucking dirt devil. And he turns it on and he sucks up some air into the into a glass cylinder and he looks at it and he gives it this long stare and just says, "Oh yeah, got something, got some, got some, got good some stuff. air, got some air." Check me out, mom and dad. I'm doing doctor shit. I'm being a hero. He's the junior deputy, so they they let him slide on that one. Yeah, he's new to the force. Yeah. Oh God, so. Mean- also, meanwhile, while this is all happening, there's a lot of shots of a hooded figure who um, they reveal is actually Obi-Wan Kenobi um, just strolling around. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we get a lot of Jedi stuff the in this base. episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck, Star Trek? They're, they sold they out sold the Star out Wars. The Star Wars. Have. Yeah, because we have Count Dooku lookalike, basically. Yes. And we have Jadzia, who's pretending to be a Jedi Master the whole entire time, saying weird shit to Sisko and to Julian, and you know, focusing. And then we have, and then we have Obi Wan Kenobi, who is very clearly the murderer, because it's like, hey, here's some random suspicious person <laughs> hanging around. Yeah, right? <laughs> I wonder who it could be. Oh, I bet you it's not that guy. It must be <laughs> what Odo. a great murder mystery. Yeah, and. Also, during this time period, it, the Bajorans of the station are voicing their frustrations about Odo to Major Kira and uh, Commander Sisko, who... I love the way that Major Kira just handles people. She literally just is... It tells them to get the fuck out. <laughs> she, you know, and they're, they're voicing a very, a very serious concern. You know, this guy worked for the, for the Cardassians... Odo, Odo worked for the Cardassians, and they is think, clearly unstable. Yeah, and they think that you know it's a valid concern that he be taken off the case. And Major Kira just says, "Thank you. Have a nice fucking day. Get out." No. <laughs> yeah. <And> Sis- <laughs> I don't hear any of this shit. Yeah, and and Cisco, who is actually pretty reasonable in this moment, he's not in. Robo killer mode, and he says, "No, Major Kira, they're right. I, I think we need to take him off the case." And so, Kira tries one last time to defend him. Says that he's the most honorable man she knows, and he, and you know, she doesn't think that he's capable of any of this. But once again, Odo fucks that up in the very next scene. Yeah, by by doing what I talked about earlier and just going like, you don't know who I killed. I could have killed anyone. Yeah. I could kill you right now. <laughs> exactly. You know. You're... Also, by the way, BT Dubs, I'm innocent. Just want just wanted to throw that out there. I'm completely innocent, but I could murder you right now if I wanted to. You you would never know. Anyway, I'm innocent. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> hang up my hang up my badge, but keep my gun. <laughs> and yeah. time to go do some vigilante justice. <laughs> I feel like he says that anytime he leaves a room, no matter what. Yeah. Like, hello. 
uh, goodbye. I'm going to do some vigilante justice. Goodbye. Yeah, seriously. Odo is one second away from, at any moment, just turning his kill switch on and just going full vigilante mode. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's just waiting for it. One day he's just gonna snap and he's gonna get sick of it and he's just gonna just shut down everybody. He's just gonna he, <laughs> all at once. He's gonna him and Robo Benji are gonna kill all the humans and Bajorans and all the other races. And he and at the end they're just gonna look at each other and say, "It was the only way to bring peace <laughs> to the to the universe. We have completed our mission." And then mission. Benji will like say some horrible joke. Yeah. Right. Uh Anyway, the the badge has been hung up. Odo is no longer on the case. And we go down to Julian, who's talking with Odo about uh, the biological sample container is what he actually found in the in the room of in Ibodan's room. So they go down to so uh, they, you know, Julian says, well, this is kind of weird because it's used to, to hold biological sa- samples, right? You know, because that's what it's called. It's a biological sample container. And hey, man, why the fuck does this guy have it? And uh, so they decide to science it up and do a couple of scans and they find some DNA, uh, some, some complex proteins, which turn out to be DNA. And so Julian wants to, to reconstruct this shit and so he puts it into this big glass to like tank it's basically he puts it inside of he puts all these cells inside a petri dish and then puts it inside of another bigger petri dish that has boiling water in it and some lights and it's a bioregenerative bioregenerative field to speed up the cellular development because he wants to to grow this whatever this dna is he wants to grow it and find out what ibudan was up to and sit in in odo's is just a-okay with that and so and yes he does julian uh after a while of just going back and forth trying to find out like what's going on it's like basically for like 10 minutes it's just like them like going back and forth like who's the killer who's the killer like odo people on the ship are getting the bajorans are getting more fed up mm-hmm. um and are starting to cause like a, a riot like like become like a lynching mob for odo yeah yeah um and eventually, uh, Cisco intervenes in the promenade and like calls them all off. And then Julian finds out um, during this that the organism that they found was turns out to be a clone of the dude that uh, Oda was choking <laughs> out earlier. Yeah, you know what? I that love we this. We thought got murdered. I love this because they, yeah. So like you said, they keep switching back and forth, showing other investigate well actually they they switch back and forth with fucking keiko bullshit but they keep yeah. sw- so they have this this great time series where you know they basically would they'll go to the b story and then come back to this a story about the murder investigation and each time they come come back it's they're usually in medical bay and julian is standing over a much larger boiling petri dish with a much larger gelatinous bloody mass. It's like a yeah. big it's like a big human booger. <laughs> Anytime now. Yeah. And he's just This baby grown. will hatch. <laughs> yeah. So we keep getting the, the scenes of this giant mass forming. And the last shot we see of it before the crowd of 
the angry mob chases Odo is we see a big bathtub-esque tank of boiling water with a basically clear gelatinous type substance with a bunch of what look like to be blood vessels and some bone and some other shit. So it's obviously this this thing is is somewhat humanoid, you know, and then it cuts to uh, but, you know, at this point, you can't really tell exactly what it is. So it cuts back to Odo getting chased into the security quarter, uh, quarters by an angry mob screaming, like, murderer and all kinds of stupid shit. And, uh, you know, they want his head. They want to they they hang him. But how do you hang a shapeshifter? Yeah. What do how we do? How do you do? get a noose around a shapeshifter? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Clever Good one. Joke, bro. Oh, those Bajorans. Yeah, so yeah. security gets called down and the whole gang shows up. I mean, not only does Cisco and Kira and you know get down there, but guess who else? None other than Chief O'Brien. Oh yeah. He's ready to oh, roll. Oh yeah. He finally has something to oh, do. Oh, it's so good. He he gets there and he you know, he's the first person to call, call him down there, right? And he uh during during like Cisco's speech to to these Bajorans about how they can't be here and they need to go home and stop what they're doing because they'll regret it. Uh, O'Brien's just standing in the back, just waiting to fucking pounce. Him and Major Kira are are handing out phasers. They're getting ready. I've got yeah, my gun ready. Yeah, they're getting Let's ready go. to just just take out these fucking protesters. And <laughs> finally. The protesters, they break out into a little bit of violence. They start throwing rocks at, at Cisco and the other Starfleet officers and at Odo's door to try and get in and get him. Which I love how they have, like, rocks with them, like, on a yeah, space station. Yeah, no fucking sense. Zero sense at all. Huge plot hole. Where the fuck are you getting rocks? Did you, did you go to the <laughs> replicator and replicate rocks before before showing up? They just yeah, packed I some mean, before they came yeah, to the space station. Rocks. It's their rock collection. So silly. And so Cisco, or no, not Cisco. So Cisco's getting rocks thrown at him. And Chief O'Brien and Major Kira straight up ball on some people. The Chief just fucking tosses some dude over his shoulder. Kira fucks somebody else up. And we have a subpar, as always, Star Trek choreographed fight they're they're my favorite because they are so (laughs) obviously just nobody knows how to fight it seems like ever on star trek ever (laughs) it doesn't seem like a lot of them know how to do a lot of stuff sometimes like how to emote normally how to how to not make yourself the prime suspect in a murder (laughs) yeah Listen, I didn't murder this person, but if I did, I would do this exact same thing that this person did. So kudos, I did not murder this person. <laughs> and how do you know that I would not murder person somebody? Just because I have yeah. Also, just because I have a lot of great character references from people I've worked with in the past who say that I would never do these things. How do you know that they are they're truthful? You don't. Because the man could always change. I could change right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am a shapeshifter. I could change into whatever I wanted. A murderer too. <laughs> so anyway, uh, 
So Cisco, seeing that his gang is in trouble, fires a shot into the air, and the crowd hushes down, and he he tells him to get the hell out of there. But before doing so, we get a little stop, uh, a little little uh, peek in by Julian, and Julian comes out, and him and him and Dax say, "Hey, the man who was killed was not Ibudan." And the protesters and Starfleet just give a big, what? Huh? What? What a and, twist. And yeah, didn't see that one coming. And so they cut back into Medical Bay. And from the last time that we saw this Petri dish, it has gotten much larger. It, it is now a, a much larger tank. And inside is a, is a fucking, it's a fucking human. It's a fucking Bajoran. It's a clone of Imudan. And the whole entire time, I'm thinking to myself, ten fucking minutes ago, this looked like a booger, a blob of bloody booger, and now it is a fucking human. I mean, legs and arms and fingers and eyes and and I just, man. Yeah. Not not to mention, how did this guy get his clone on board without anybody noticing? Like, did he just like stuff he it in grew a bag it on board? I guess he he. That's why he wanted the double room. Like in prison. No, that, I that's guess. why he wanted the double room is so that he could grow a clone and he would have somewhere to keep the clone until the time came. Yeah. Yeah, I guess shit just takes like a day to clone yourself. Apparently, in this universe, so yeah. I guess it's no big deal. You know, get some get some Burger King, clone yeah, yourself. Yeah, eat your Whatever. clone, clone yourself again, clone a burger, have the burger <laughs> eat you. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever you're into, whatever, whatever your fetishes are, yeah, we don't judge. So they're in Medical Bay, and Julian does some more science explaining where he says that clones have a certain, you know, discerning characteristic about them, and we took a look at the cells that we found in Ibadan's room, and also the uh, body that we found of Ibadan. Well, it turns out that they are shown the same pattern, so they are both clones, which means that Ibadan's not actually dead, and we don't know where he is. But guess who does? Odo. Vigilante, Vigilante Odo. Odo. And <laughs> so... I fucking love this next scene. <laughs> yeah, so um, the, it turns out, spoiler alert, everyone, no one's going to see it coming that Obi-Wan Kenobi is actually Ibudan. So he walks into the room, and um, Odo appears out of the chairs but like there, he didn't shapeshift into anything so like was he shapeshifting into a chair that was on top of a chair because like once he shapeshifts the chair's still there so i don't know what yeah he was that's, a, that's from. a good point yeah anyway. i guess he just shapeshifted it around the chair and turned transparent yeah yeah <laughs> fucking yeah lazy then, boy odo literally like oh god <laughs> so good so he confronts um the guy he uh, basically calls him out, rips off the mask that he's wearing to reveal that it is uh, uh, Ibojan. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, Ibodan. And then they get they get into a kerfuffle, and then he wins, and then he gets captured. Yeah, and arrested I just again, I love the basically. the Scooby Doo esque reveal of this scene. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. really took. It. <laughs> and I would have gone away with it too if it wasn't for these crazy crazy yeah, If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for you and that stupid slug of yours, 
Oh, it would have been great if Odo just would have uh, turned into Scooby Doo and just been like, "Rat row." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has the ability to do so. So Julian, Julian is clearly Shaggy in this. Oh yeah, this, uh, For fiction sure. that we've created. Oh goodness, yeah. But yeah, so Count Dooku, aka Ibudan, is arrested again by Odo, and we have the end of the murder mystery which really was not a mystery to anybody who has eyes and ears and viewed this episode it was pretty easy to see all along and we just had a waste about 45 minutes of watching keiko's classroom struggles sprinkled in with a little bit of cloning sprinkled in with some bad acting sprinkled in with some some semi- you know, half-hearted attempts at boning by Julian. Just. Yeah. So this episode like actually lasted about four days. That's why the clone, we saw it like going, like rejuvenating yeah. itself, like in real time. in Julian's like little bath. So that's why it seems so long. Cause it, yeah, it really yeah, was. A, and my other question is to Ibadan and his plan in general, why would you frame somebody for the for the murder, you know, and then stick yeah. around? Just like peace out. Like it's been a couple of days. Oh, just leave. You have yeah, twenty six hours. Peace. Just go. Listen, if yeah, yeah, if you leave and they don't find the person who actually murdered this guy, and if they don't find out about your plan, you know, that's the thing is is you could have gotten away easily. Like, why did you need to stay? You yeah. wanted to see Odo go down. You could have fucking just asked any one of your Bajoran friends on the station, hey, did Odo get arrested for that crime? No, he didn't. Oh, and then is I he like, he's just going to just else. chill on the space station the whole time? Like, eventually, is he going to take his mask off? Yeah. And, like, reveal, like, hey, you look a lot like the dude that was murdered here a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah, right? And then that gets to another question is, what the fuck did they do with the clone? Just throw it out the airlock. Because Julian says... Yeah, Julian and Julian even says, you know, in a couple of hours, this will be, he'll be ready to go out and be a, a member of the Joran society. So, event, so essentially, what we're getting at here is that there are there are two yeah. Ibudans now. You know, we have one who's who's going to jail for the murder of himself, and then yeah. we have one who's going free. So that'll be awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do you how do you remedy that one, Star Trek? Did they'll, is they'll the writers' room ever going to bring that it. back? So, like, last thing I wanted to bring up, um, yeah, about the episode that I did like, um, bef- before we stop because we're running a little long, but um, so I did like the whole relationship with um Cisco and uh, what, what's what's Sea Slug Lady's name? Uh, Jadzia. Jadzia. Yeah. Jad- so. I like the relationship. Like, I don't know if this is like the way that they're trying to go with it, but it's like kind of um, an interesting way to address, you know, knowing somebody before they would like transition um, from gender to gender. So it's like, I I don't know if that's the, the, the way they're going with it, considering he was like a 140 year old man to like, like a young 20 year old girl. So it's not like, it's not like the same thing. But um, it is kind of a, an interesting way of how they're going about it so far and, like, trying to see how Cisco um, 
is able to accept this and move on with the, his relationship with her. Yeah, that, so uh, that's, that's a li- nice little bit of the episode that I I enjoyed. Yeah, um, uh, and would like to see more of their interactions with. No, that definitely it makes a lot of sense. Other. I mean, you have to if you think about it. I guess all of the Trill society would be a gender fluid species because they would have to yeah. be because they would be male one lifetime and female another. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a good point. Yeah. And for non-trills, I guess that could be pretty weird. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, way to end it on a on a serious note. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave you with something to think about after all of our dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, after we after we talked about boogers and dicks and boobs. It's great. Yeah. We made penetration. We, we, can get, we can get deep. We can talk <laughs> Another... about serious subjects every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can we can get deep. Deep Space Nine. Deep, uh, <laughs> Deep Space Nine? Oh, like a God. penis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna relieve you from this episode now. I don't think you have to watch it again anytime soon. So please help yourself God. and not watch it again. <laughs> I will not. I will not. But you know that doesn't mean that I won't watch the next episode of the series. Because yes, if I don't, so... then we don't have an episode. <laughs> That's that's very true. So we will be back next week with the next episode. Yeah, and what um, what episode guys, is next? Let's let's take that out. Let's check that out. Um, episode four, I think. Oh, just, you know, just going off. This was this was episode three, so probably episode four. Well, I mean, I wanted to I wanted to read the name, get a little bit of information about it to tell our viewers what to expect, and you know, geez, oh, man, I don't. Go- Going, going deep with it. Yeah, going so deep, so deep. I'm gonna put that book <laughs> to sleep. Shout out to, to shout out to my boy Ice Cube. I know yeah, he the listens. Mo- the most iconic line. Yeah, from I... his song, "A Good Day." Yeah, yeah. He, I know he listens to this show. He, he hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, He's a huge fan. Yeah, he, he loves it. Um, so if you want to see our, our conversation back and forth uh about how much he loves the show and how he's a huge fan just check me out on twitter at matthew makar uh you can, yeah. you can see all <laughs> you that would there. never suspect you would never suspect ice cube to be just a huge trekkie he goes yeah. to all the conventions yeah exactly and he dresses up as a klingon he loves that shit yeah he does yeah he actually is is uh is really good at speaking klingonese uh, we, we've sang a couple of songs together at, at conventions. Now I'm just lying. Now I'm just lying out my ass. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sorry. All right. So here you can edit all that out. <laughs> but yeah. no, uh, that's, that's, episode, that's prime material. Is, we can't edit it out. <laughs> the next episode is uh, episode four, and it's called Babble. And frustrated by all of the mechanical problems on the space station, O'Brien attempts to fix the the fl- uh, food replicators. So it sounds like we are really in store for a great, <laughs> exciting episode of a real rip roaring time. <laughs> Can't wait to see you all then. Uh, well, it's just going to be forty-five minutes of real time O'Brien fixing like a pipe that's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope. I can only uh, hope. Yeah, that's gonna well, that's gonna do it for us this time. Um, tune in next week for the that great episode that I'm excited about. 